0: Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nickel Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning this podcast does contain spoilers for the Ryorden Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a run Verse read Long and the podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today, however, I am not alone. I have two very special, very pretty, and from a very awesome podcast. Yes, you guys have probably seen this already from like how this episode is labelled, but I have the famous Beyond measure, Percy Jackson podcast, and that is Erica and Carter of the Seaweed Brain podcast. Guys, I've fainted twice already. Like this is already beyond level. I'm like I'm in the I'm <laughs> I'm in awe of royalty in the Percy Jackson fandom right now.
1: <laughs> Thank the way God. that we
0: do not get welcomed this way by return to camp <laughs> we were
2: just we were just with brayden and ava and we didn't get this kind of an intro
0: <laughs> i think that's a good thing. Like, i hope i've gone like above and beyond like this this is the level this is the level of respect <laughs> of, you've, you've hyped us
2: up perhaps too much um do not do not get that excited um, <laughs> for what
0: we're gonna say oh okay i've probably messed this up now but oh well it's fine it is (laughs) all good like i was i I was gonna say i no you weren't the first i was gonna say i know you guys have been like retweeted by rick Rod and like that's like star status Anyway, i think half blood report got it wait
1: have we is that true
2: we were but it was about something it was about gracie kim i think and we all know oh. thanks to samuel and diego that it's actually it's actually not rick it's um his oh, associate yeah, yeah. that uh, runs ashley, the social it? media ashley that's yes. it yeah yeah
0: But yeah. <laughs> well, it still counts because it's the name so cool i
2: so i cool. forgot about it until now so thank you for reminding me of like my <laughs> biggest accomplishments i i
0: just remember seeing it i was like Oh my god it's happened it's happened oh my god more people exciting. are noticing us <laughs> i took it as like a like a joint like win for the Percy jackson podcast it's like another I completely has been agree. yes 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 definitely <laughs> but um introduce yourselves and uh a little bit about your podcast before we dive in
2: um we are seaweed brain we talk about primarily perseph and other things that we feel warrant discussion as we revisit these books that formed our childhood and a lot of our opinions um things that we maybe need to revisit or want to revisit and how they shaped us and yeah that's we're currently we're about to start um House of Hades so we got through Lost Hero a while ago so excited to revisit it
1: yes <laughs> we also are sort of a read through format but with a peppering of special episodes about related things that we feel the need to diverge and talk about like the movies or I don't know queerness and Greek mythology. We have a special episode about song of Achilles that will probably have dropped by the time this Episode
0: drops maybe but yeah yeah, so yeah. this, this episode coming out this week yeah yeah so oh yeah this episode is way way like in the future from now but it'll be <laughs> out at this point so I'll link in the yes. episode show notes for everyone listening so you can oh, go check that out <laughs> um yeah I tried to join that one and I realized I was like oh no it's five in the morning when I can join I yeah do it. <laughs> we wanted Fran to be there but there
2: will be more opportunities um to discuss the homosexuality yes. in um, Greek mythology
0: that was I think that was the best way I've ever heard the word homosexuality. <laughs> said <laughs> 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 i'm sexy i love it yes um, <laughs> um but yeah to get in so obviously i've i've listened to what um you both have said about the lost hero before so i'm very, very excited to hear the current thoughts on this section here but um for everyone listening of course we are carrying on with the timeline journey with the lost hero story break the sorceress and the god king which is the hugest section. And I realized I probably should have found a way to break it up a little bit more. Cause it's like a hundred pages of just this part alone. And I did not realize this until <laughs> I asked if uh, Erica and Carter would be interested in this. And then I looked and I was like, well, fuck. Oh,
2: it feels um, like it goes together though I do feel like these, these sections really they they match up together
0: they definitely do yeah. and so I was kind of glad about that but then I did look at the pages and I was like okay I've got to finish reading this today and like I've struggled <laughs> reading for like a year now so this is going to be interesting but mm-hmm. um yes 100 pages from 268 to page 359 <sighs> As always there are points to focus on on this podcast so today we've got characters, relationships, mythology, and generally what we thought of it. But to begin here is the synopsis from Carter.
1: (laughs) So at a very high level our three demigods arrive in Chicago after escaping from a cyclops lair in Detroit um and Uh, They follow a Ventus um, that Jason can see through Chicago um, down to a department store that looks like a Macy's, but is in fact owned by Medea, um, the sorceress of legend who has been brought back to life because she is now in service of Gaia. She presents some obstacles for them. I believe she tries to get Jason and Leo to fight, but Piper defeats her. They're off on their way with... um, a cage full of winds, right? Um, and as they're heading out, they um, get what happens? They fall down in Nebraska. Yeah, they, the um, reasons
0: unknown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they they drop out of the sky in Nebraska uh, into a, a a mansion, a estate that is owned, as we find out, by um, King Midas and his uh, athletic son who also try to (laughs) capture them. But um, they, I don't know. That part I'm less interested in. They fight and they (laughs) escape.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why did I feel such terror when you said King Midas and his athletic son? I just like, my fight or flight was
0: engaged by that phrase.
1: (laughs) Wait, is this his son, right? They're related? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: It did confuse me because I was like, is he just his bodyguard? But then he calls him son. And then they say, so it felt like it was like a bodyguard like not owner that's not the correct terminology no sort of situation but also father son at the same time it's like they're molded together in something that is weird
2: (laughs) yeah the way greek culture did that with the dads just using their children to protect and amass (laughs) them more fortune
0: yeah yeah I can see why that faded out of existence actually no it hasn't really i've just said that <laughs> like, no, that's still a thing that is hey. still a thing generational oh. wealth yeah Sorry. rich people eat the rich <laughs> um but yeah actually that was a really good synopsis that's better than any other synopsis i've done in my entire podcast history and now i'm embarrassed <laughs> carter's really smart so it's just i can sure. tell and i i'm now uh <laughs> I'm now feeling but so we'll move on really quickly but <laughs> um so basically as uh everyone listening will know and as we're going to dive in the way in which because the lost heroes well here is olympus it's so bloody long it's uh going to be split up through uh the different pov character overview some feedback on those specific chapters and then just kind of carry on like that until we get to the main focus points So, Erica, would you like to read Jason's chapter's overview, part one? I need to find a way to make this thus wordy as a little sentence.
2: Do I just read, you would just read this bullet point?
0: Yeah, yeah. And you can give like small little commentaries on things if you want as well.
2: Oh, okay. Um, So Fran has written most of this. (laughs) So I'm going to read it out loud. Um, Juno gets well acquainted with unconscious with un- Jason, why did I say Juno? Jason gets well acquainted with being unconscious as he has a lovely chat with a trapped Hera. Hera slash Juno provides him with insight, um, but also doesn't. Um, says that he is like part of this peaceful exchange that she hopes is going to like help them win the war. She like vaguely explains her evil plan, but like not really, but also it's supposed so supposedly for good. I don't know how I feel about her. Um, okay, whatever. He wakes up. Uh, we know what's going on. Things are complicated, and then we, like Carter said, we arrive in Chicago, um, touch down, we, like, enter into the sewers, um, Piper has twisted her ankle, naturally, um, and there's a little bit of, like, bonding chat with the three of them, um, there's a lot of talking with, like, Jason and Leo and, and jason and piper right um Hmm. leo makes some comment about how like this isn't even a bad sewer and jason is like what how do you know about sewers and leo's like i was a homeless orphan and then jason feels bad and um, they take a little nap and then they arrive in this like underground scary mysterious shopping center full of quote unquote oriental rugs and mysterious uh magical fur coats that seem to be moving um, and everyone is nervous, and then the uh, POV changes into Piper.
0: Very nice. That's honestly that's so much better than the things that I did actually write for this chapter. I go very very vague with everything. So I'm glad you put a bit more detail in. <laughs> this
2: was the one that I. This is the chapter. The the Piper and the Jason are the ones I reread. So <laughs> that's great.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah, so interestingly enough this is the, the first chapter i feel with jason's pov that has like things happen like all of his chapters yeah. i feel like there's so little that happens like with him as a character and within the story at the same time um but i slightly enjoyed this it's the first time i've enjoyed a jason pov chapter it probably will be the last but um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, what did you guys think in particular about these two chapters for, for Jason? Like, obviously, there's the whole aspect of him and Leo kind of finally bonding together and him making yeah. Leo feel better, which I appreciate on so many levels because their friendship is, like, non-existent and they keep calling themselves friends. Like,
2: what? yeah. I think we talked a lot about that when we were in The Lost Hero, like, the way that Piper, Leo, and Jason just do not strike us as, like, having a friend dynamic in any realistic way, Um, but there is some bonding here, like, there is a moment of dialogue with Jason and Leo where Leo is kind of opening up about his abilities and how, A, he feels like he doesn't have cool powers like Jason, and B, his cool powers that he does have feel like a curse and, like, a burden, and that... They just ostracize him even more. Like, he got to camp thinking he was finally going to get a family, and the Hephaestus cabin is, like, still scared of him, and he's still the outsider because his curse supposedly, like, when Hephaestus kids with fire powers show up, bad things are going to happen. But Jason replies, actually, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe people with special gifts show up when bad things are happening because that's when they're needed the most. And that really touched me on this reread. (laughs) I thought that was a really nice thing for him to say to Leo and something that i feel like probably stays with leo and helps him um to deal with his like scary um
0: powers Oh, mm. yeah. no, definitely i think this is this is the specific moment as well when he mentions about um how his powers weren't like responsible for his mother's death as well wasn't it mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah which i really appreciate because that's something like we've seen consistently with like leo through the book so far is that he consistently blames himself for what happened to his mother so i like that we have this moment of him like someone basically telling him like no 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 your brain's being evil this is not a thing you, you are not responsible even remotely um yeah <laughs> Yeah. No, Jason kids turns who... around. <laughs> so, <yes.
2: laughs> no, for that lovely, sweethearted moment, Jason then turns around and is like, "Piper was cute when she was sleeping. He was almost disappointed when she woke up." And I was like, "No, no, no, no,
1: no, oh no, yeah. Jason,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is going on?" <laughs> Honestly, like, oh <laughs> my god, Do you, his one define, like, no, not defining his one. What's the word? His one redeeming quality of like finally being nice and then he has to go screw it up by being creepy like come
2: on just like vaguely dumb I think is the vibe I get from him yeah which is just weird because like he is like we are told that he is like one of the best he's like the great leader of his camp you know Mm. I don't know (laughs) allegedly interpersonal skills maybe need a little work but he's clearly maybe he's better with like groups you know
0: yeah yeah (laughs) we told he's great he's this great leader and just everyone reading the books is like but where Mm, where is mm -hmm. this information all i see is unconscious man yeah Mm -hmm. that's why we ship him with a brick (laughs) like and staplers and staplers yeah yeah (laughs) that's That's actually his personalities in anima objects that's why he bonds so well with them Um, (laughs) oh my god This is literally this is the the rip into Jason podcast Mm -hmm. thus far, but uh, (laughs) but like going what you said about like the whole Jason being a little bit creepy as well. Like this is the thing that I keep seeing as his chapters, and also kind of Piper's chapters as well. But she's a little bit more justified because of the mist. Like he and Piper have literally not had like a deep conversation this entire book. Like, nothing has happened. They've had no long, drawn-out conversations, no bonding moments, nothing. And he's like, oh, she's so pretty. I think I might like her. I want to hold her hand. I wish we were alone. I'm like, bitch, have a conversation first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. this isn't love island jesus christ (laughs) oh yeah this is my she is my type on paper i know nothing about her just her name and a little bit about her dad but she is perfectly my type on paper like yeah
2: i actually never had i never had any reference for like love island other than like the snl love island sketches and then my sister was home this week and was like for some reason catching up on love island because apparently (laughs) that's like something people do and i watched hours Um, And it was so, it was something else, it was definitely, it was incomparable to most um, typical American reality TV, which I also watch a lot of, Yeah. Love Island, (laughs) I don't recommend it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, as uh, someone who (laughs) religiously watches the UK Love Island, it's something else. (laughs) like this is the whole thing i say this to everyone i watch love island to make my me feel better about my own life oh my god
2: well that is no that's very that is what reality tv is literally designed for period
0: yeah for anyone who's listening who has been watching the uk love island right now jason feels like brad but he's trying to be a Hugo. I know you two aren't going to get this, but for all the UK folks listening who may have been watching Love Island, you will know what is up, and I will share the context with you two after this episode. But basically, yeah, this guy who um, is just grafting everyone, and then Hugo, who is a sweetheart and is like the nicest guy possible. Everyone wants to try and be like Hugo, but he isn't putting the effort in. <laughs>
1: he thinks he's a
0: hugo he's actually a brat actually oh probably God. a little bit of an aaron as well actually brad and aaron combined i think is what jason is like um <laughs> i will explain the context a little bit further after this episode but yeah love it <laughs> that is that is the vibe that i am getting um i feel like i'm gonna upset some people when they figure out the context for this but i don't really mind um <laughs> but It is really, well, not interesting. I just don't understand the whole Piper and, like, Jason situation. Like, it keeps popping up in all of their chapters. Like, even going into Piper's section as well. Like, there are so many moments where she's being badass. And then suddenly, I must think about Jason now. Because it is an obligation of a female character.
1: (laughs) Well, with Piper, I feel like I could argue for a justification for it. And that she at least has the fake memories. With Jason, there isn't even that. It's just nothing. It's just... A person in your proximity who you feel like might be into you and is kind of attractive
0: yeah it's like the ego situation (laughs) it's like oh my god she likes me so i must like her now because options
2: (laughs) yeah i was trying to find the meme that robert made that talked about like people oh oh i found it somebody commented on it you know how Robert made some meme that was, like, jiper stands like, please reach out to seaweed brain and explain what you are feeling. And somebody finally commented and was like, no, I am a jiper stan and said something, um, said they're cute together and work well together and bring out each other's strengths. And I was like, can you tell me, like, where and how that happens? <laughs> and they were, like, in the moments where they do the best, they, they do the best in moments where they're protecting each other. Piper protecting Jason from Medea. Piper saving Jason from Kione. Jason protecting Piper from the giants and the ghost army. Um, what? I guess, like, I don't. I don't know. I, I like so they save each other. Like, I guess because they're friends and like they care about each other. I don't know. I still don't see instances of them bringing out the best in each other. I see them bringing out like confusion and stress um, <laughs> yeah. on both sides just confusion and stress on both sides and it's is it their fault like no Hera, like literally ruined like any chance of like a stable relationship that they could have had friendship or romantic relationship i don't see how they could recover from this kind of like confusing deception Mm. where they're on completely different pages and piper has been like incredibly emotionally manipulated and jason has no idea what to do like yeah, it's and so. Yeah. Oh my god. to it as well. Yeah. It's, oh my god.
0: Like, I know he doesn't mean to, but like in my head, I'm like, mate, you are you, you are aware that she's being manipulated, and you are like, he's kind of aware at the same time, but he keeps doing it. I'm like, you know, it's mm-hmm. not a good thing. Why do you keep doing
2: it? Right. If they were like fully yeah. emotionally yes. mature adult fictional characters, maybe they would have been like, let's uh take a step back from this. Um, once we realize that this isn't real, and like reevaluate our friendship later but instead you know they're silly teens and they were like oh maybe we should date i don't know like maybe if the gods think and like i mean you're cute i'm cute like we vibe maybe (laughs) should we do this thing and then it's like that for like 1200 pages um and then or even what no way more than that like Thousands uh, yeah. of pages.
0: Yeah. So, so th- this book is 500 pages alone. Yeah. Like, things don't kind of end until, we don't find out they end until Burning Maze. So, it's yeah. probably. So, if it's a 500. Oh, shit, math. I'd say at least um,
2: months of demigod lives.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Should yeah. we, yes.
2: should we, do we, should we continue? Are we, okay. Are you breaking up with me again? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <Vibes. laughs> it's Oh my God, their it, it, relationship is literally love island. And it's actually kind of like now making that connection, it is just stressing me out. Just like they don't know, they don't fully know. They're like, oh, maybe I should like try and graph someone else, see if there's feelings there. I'm just like, oh, we should be together. Oh, maybe not because we don't fully work. Oh, but I still have. I'm like, oh my God. Just leave the show <laughs> this is really not the best environment and in this case it's just like just leave the camp go to different camps and try and figure shit out um <laughs> they've got the option i've got like oh god i've left I've letters on a tangent by accident <laughs> but um speaking of piper though uh carter would you like to read uh piper's chapters overview i really do need to work on that titling
1: sure um There are some first-person pronouns here, but again, not me. Um, But I'm just going to read it anyway. Piper, or as I like to call her, the only reasonable member of the group thus far. That's, (laughs) you know, fair, 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 fair. Um, Even aware of the trouble the saleswoman is causing, when a memory potion is propositioned, she wonders if it can help Jason. Uh, Of course, like any good capitalist shop, things don't go according to plan, especially when the price is a real... Killer! Wow, <laughs> I, I thought I was humor. really smart with that. Don't judge laugh. me. Um,
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> uh Piper catches on to the sorceress's plans, but she is powerless to stop it and save her friends. Even after revealing her terrible history, um, after a slap to the fi- face, Piper tries to snap Jason out of it, but to no avail. It in this situation is of course uh mind control. Um, yes, thank <laughs> then you. Then Medea <laughs> steps up her game. <laughs> Uh, charming the boys to fight one another uh, And Piper, um, you know, using all of her strength Manages to stop them by Charm speaking more powerfully um, Of course, monsters are summoned Before they get their bearings But Piper isn't letting Medea get away um, With one last Hail Mary With chemicals and mayhem Festus arrives and our group makes a fly for it
0: Nice nice yes Absolutely. i realize i'm so glad that um you were, you were kind enough not to point out some of the must- spelling mistakes that i've put in this ushering her strength friend what the hell was that meant to mean? <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> <clears throat>
1: these these you know these docs are made quickly we all we, we've been there
2: <laughs> i've screwed a lot of our guests over on typos in recent
0: history <laughs> oh gosh thank you for your kindness <laughs> But um, uh, I don't know if it's if you guys felt this when um going through the Lost Hero the first time. But like, hold on, I'm about to choke my like air in my throat. Hold on, <laughs> God, oxygen is trying to literally kill me. Um, with Piper's chapters and just Piper char- Piper's character in general. Like, did you guys both sort of feel or kind of get a sense of her being this sort of? The most competent character thus far in 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 the book itself like personally i've always i've kind of been feeling that she feels like a character who kind of knows what's going on is actually invested in the narrative and not having the narrative happen to her like like jason in particular particularly feels like that Mm. but um yeah what about you you both like how are you feeling about piper's character in general in this first book and this section as well
1: i think that's a fair characterization um which is i don't know if it's surprising because of or like aided by the fact that she has this not double narrative but like double motivation going on that we're aware of the whole time um i guess it makes sense that it would be because of that but she is she does seem as you're saying much more invested and to have <laughs> much more i mean i don't know how much of it is investment uh and um purposefulness and how much of it is just basic organizational skills and um, <laughs> I don't know like thoughts about how to move appropriately through the world in a way that will accomplish goals but <laughs> yeah no I, I definitely agree yeah
0: sort of uh that that meme of like you've got two brain cells and Piper has both sort of situation like <laughs> she's definitely the person she's only the person she Oh, my God, what are words, Fran? She's the only one with the brain cells in the group. Uh, Leo occasionally gets them when he has, like, a mechanical genius moment, but then he loses it. Um, and Piper just grabs it again. <laughs> and Jason has nothing because um, he is the blank slate of the group. Is yeah. it a blank slate? Yeah, no, those are yes. sort of things. So I was like, i was trying to remember the Robert's meme of of that, and I was like, I know he put <laughs> yeah. it him as a Slate, and I was like, is it a slate or is it a chalkboard? Because we call them chalkboards. Like Blank chalkboard, here. yeah. Yeah, like that doesn't work. Blank <laughs> slate is better. Yeah, but, um, I think
2: that <laughs> I wrote a personal note here to like remind me to rant about Six of Crows, but I think it connects to the Piper question because I feel like with the like the lesser of the seven, and I don't mean that in like power-wise or anything, I just mean, like, the slightly less plot-important seven, which would be, like, Piper, Hazel, and Frank, to be honest. Mm. Um, I agree. They kind of, like, they don't, they do feel sometimes like they're just being pulled along by the narrative, by, like, Percy, or Percy, Jason, or Annabeth, or whatever is going on there, just because we know them better, um, and Jason has been, you know, given this important chosen one role to play, and they don't, like, at least Piper has the, like, Piper has a specific stake in this whole book but it's like separate from the stake in the quest because she's trying to like do these two things at once so it's confusing um and part of for me what made six of crows so good um if anyone of fran's listeners is into lee bardugo's books is that there were six main characters that all individually like had a need to get this, like, mutual quest done. They all had something that they needed out of it. They had their own personal stakes. And we got all of that established in each of their individual point of view chapters. As opposed to, like, for the Half-Bloods, like, some of them are just kind of... They're here because the quest, like, the prophecy makes them be here, so they have to be here. Mm. Some of them have conflicting motives. Like, Piper has this, like, am I going to be the villain, like, arc. But they're not all, like, kind of... They don't all have this, like, clean, clear-cut objective um going into the quest um it's a different kind of book like a heist book is not going to be the same as like a prophecy quest book um (laughs) but i think that six of crows like i almost feel like it only was able to happen because of rick like writing heroes of olympus and starting us off on that like like starting to Carter made an incredulous face at me, but I feel like (laughs) it comes out of a tradition of like learning how to cycle through these multiple narrators Mm. and establishing relationships. And I think it just builds upon a lot of like what I missed from Heroes of Olympus um, with the pacing and the POV switching and like establishing all the characters as real people um, who Mm. have real relationships with each other. Um, That was my I think we
1: need to defend a little bit. It gets better. Um, yeah. We talked about this when we were going through it. The Lost Heroes pacing and the way that it switches between these perspectives is by far the worst in yeah. all of these five books. It's so mm-hmm. clunky and he hasn't figured out the right number of chapters. And you can feel him rushing at times because unlike the future books, it's not like you can have parallel quests when there's three yes. people. So yes. some of sometimes he just has two chapters and he's like, well, I want Piper to be the star of this. So for Jason, I'm going to have, I don't know, a cute moment in the sewers and a dream. Um, so that we can just move it along and get to what I want and there's that kind of a lot in a way that makes it a little clunky and uneven as you're like it it feels yeah like you're kind of lumbering forward without a good sense of like balance or
2: yes and it gets easier when there's like multiple things going on so that when you switch POVs you're switching time and place in addition to yes switching perspective as opposed to like okay we're just like 180 degree turning to the other person who's in the same scene experiencing the same thing and that
0: can feel kind of like weird yeah no. i definitely agree with that and especially with what you said there carter about like the pacing as well literally oh, the pacing stresses me out so much you the <laughs> lost hero like i think I've, I've said it so many multiple times in like all the previous episodes that i've done i'm just like it's taken what page are we at like it's what pages are we doing? I've actually completely forgotten what pages these are. Um, we're but, like around so,
1: page 300 now. Yeah,
0: yeah. And nothing is still happening. Like we haven't <laughs> even gotten to the main point of the book and we're 300 pages in and we keep getting sidetracked. And I'm like, <sighs> I, I want to lay down and I've not even done anything. Like that's what, like I'm just reading and I'm tired. <laughs> The book is making me tired because just so many things are happening and it's just dragging just so so much. And I feel like this book is like this is like one of the longest ones as well. I think it's longer than House of Hades at the same time as well, which I think is the second longest book. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just looking at the size of them because I've got them on my bookshelves next to me and I think... This is my
1: one paperback so I have no sense of scale. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it looks like it's either around around the same length or maybe just, actually no, I think my glasses may be messing this up actually, (laughs) but they're like around the same length at least and I'm just like, this one could have been cut almost in half with some of the extra stuff in this as well and some of the things that are happening in this segment as well, I feel like didn't necessarily have to be here the medea one is the am i i realize i say it differently is it medea or it, am i saying it correctly medea or medea? we are not
2: the people to ask about proper pronunciation
0: that is yeah, fair
1: <laughs> most people with american accents pronounce it medea but i don't think that's in line with yeah, greek phonics or anything um,
0: yeah <laughs> I, I always want to check because, like, I'm the person who said, I said Chiron. And everyone's like, why are you saying Chiron? I'm like, well, because it's got a ch. <laughs> like,
1: I said Chiron, too. Chiron solidarity. Yes!
0: It's
1: just reading it the way that you were taught to read it. That's not, we should, in a, in a greater sense, we were correct, I think, you know.
0: Um... Oh, 100%. <laughs> I, will, I will take this to my grave. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I've got to stop going on tangents. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> Um, what was I saying before before I forgot what I was meant to be doing and that I was on a podcast Um, (laughs) Medea I think we're just talking about Medea that's it there we go correct thank you (laughs) Um, yeah like Medea is literally the only one that feels like her story kind of makes sense considering everything like we're learning more about the fact that mortals are even coming back from death like she has a patron who is sponsoring her like this is like a vitally important storyline didn't like um, we can talk about this a little bit now actually that this uh, comment that you was it you who put this in Erica? I'm just assuming Probably. Um, <laughs> about um, how Medea would have been a great character to kind of like be the warning person for Piper um, about the whole Jason situation, considering he's a new Jason, and it's a similar situation of love manipulating Piper's choices yes. at the same time. Um, yes. I thought that was a really, really good point, and that oh, that would have been so good if that actually been used. Um, but yeah. there is so there is so much potential between that relationship between Medea and and Piper as well that I that definitely did feel like underutilized. Yes. Um, the the only thing that I got from just like what you mentioned about Medea and Piper which was like, ah, oh, I felt like Medea would have been really pleased to see Piper slap Jason. Just like, oh, I wish I could have done that to my Jason. Um, to <laughs> just in the background, it's like, yes, Queen, slap that bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we have so to shout things. out
1: who was our guest on this. I think it was Brandon. Brayden.
2: Yeah.
1: Who. Was it Brayden who suggested this thing where he's like, I think that they should have actually had a long-term mentorship between these yes. two people?
2: Brought Madea and diverged. Medea could have been the potions professor at Camp Half-Blood. Like, there was so because many things. Because they do,
1: of course, need a competent adult there. Yes. It's just everything would have aligned.
2: Yes. Exactly. I mostly, on this reread, my, like, primary, like, oh, this could have been cool with Madea thing was, like, That the fact that she is kind of like the first mortal who's like coming back and she's establishing that you know the doors of death are open, like Mm -hmm. there's sort of a slot, you know, like when we meet a new god or goddess, like they interfere. When we meet a monster, they like some they're like running, I don't know, they're running a shop or something. It's usually one of those two, you know, or at the same time, they're like running a business or whatever. But for a mortal to come back, like this could have been a new moment this could have been a new like little slot into the story like there could have been so much more gray area for medea as a mortal coming back like where are her, where does her personal loyalties lie and like does she actually yeah. want to support kaya and like we could have heard more from her pov mm-hmm. on like i don't know just like what she experienced like she was screwed over by the gods and like i don't know she could have just had a more more thoughtful gray area and like having like really important, meaningful conversations with the Half-Bloods as opposed to like revenge, revenge, anger, evil. Yes. Um, mm. Overpowered, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There also could have been, speaking of gray area, because she is categorically different, I would have assumed um a priori when coming to this book that there would have been more of a conversation about what it means to be violent with her. Um yes. And to try to kill her because like, I mean, like, we've fought um, demigods before, but I don't think Percy, Annabeth, you know, Grover, Tyson, anybody, I don't think any of them have deliberately killed a demigod who they knew. Like, we, we have not... Rick really goes through these tremendous lengths in particularly the last Olympian to be like, Percy is just, you know, he's just knocking people out. He's just injuring people because we are trying really hard to preserve the sanctity of, you know, demigod and or mortal life with the understanding that obviously sometimes like the like team Cronus is going to kill people and that's a tragedy that we're trying to end whereas in this situation Piper basically just like it's not really in cold blood but it a little bit is like she kills Medea when she's not in a super in a position where she really holds a great deal of immediate power and leverage over them and she is like at this point just like a, a person whose interests are mostly misaligned with theirs but like like a human being who's gonna die right like I, I... yeah
0: yeah i did not actually re- like that until you've just said that that did not cross my mind the fact that madea is actually human and that our heroes have just killed a mortal one who was brought back to life but they are still yeah. mortal
2: yeah That's... yeah i think this moment is like so much you can see kind of the growth and how like rick like i don't know in my opinion how like we get settled into these books more if you compare this moment with piper's pov on the hercules chapters later on in the books mm. because hercules you know he's technically becomes a god but he himself was a demigod medea is like i believe the great granddaughter of helios of the titan so she mm. has like right because she's um Circe's like yeah. sister's like Cessy's i don't know yeah granddaughter or great anyway she's okay, descended so from much. a titan so she has magic blood she's kind of a demigod in her own way um and when we get piper's pov and hercules there's so much internal monologuing of her like judging him and like not sure how she's supposed to feel about him and like wanting to feel bad for him because they're kind of in the same position but then realizing ultimately he's just a jerk and that could have been a really good you know mm. instead of just and like,
0: also oh, right. with... oh, yeah. sorry
1: Carla. Carry sorry <laughs> yeah i was just say like with hercules he also like it's not that Rick hasn't done this before because there was sort of a deja vu moment to Titan's Curse, but he really does take strides to make sure that Hercules is not just presented in the most type A classical way that we understand Hercules in popular culture. Whereas with Medea, it really is just kind of, she was the witch. Yeah. You know, archetype of like the scorned lover trope. And that's just it. That's just all we're getting from her. And it's really
0: yeah could have
1: been
2: what it could what it could have
0: been with yeah. these
2: chapters but it's okay at least she was included <laughs>
0: like yeah at least she was included and she did have some pretty badass moments of yeah going yeah. um to um oh i feel like i'm gonna insult some people of showing how easily manipulated men can be by yeah, pretty women. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Admittedly, actually, I would, as a lesbian, I, I can admit that I probably would have also easily been manipulated in this situation. So I can't just single out men because it has happened. You're <laughs> we all manipulated by pretty yeah. women. We, <laughs> we all are. We I'm, <laughs> just I'm just immune kind of to that.
2: <laughs> Literally, we came in with the Lush. nails, with the hair, with the dress. Literally, she had bubbling potions behind yeah. her. Oh my god, she was a
0: Lush worker. She worked in Lush. That was the Lush shops before they were like a big. That is that is the definition of any like worker I've seen in those Lush stores. And
1: that's yet so she funny. runs a Macy's.
0: Yeah, that's... For some reason. <laughs> I don't know why, but that feels sexist, and I don't know why. Just should like, why Macy's? Why? It should have been
2: an apothecary. It should have been an apothecary. Should've At been the very apothecary. least, a pharmacy.
0: A pharmacy would have been cool. That would have been cool. Because yeah. admittedly they're also injured. That would have made even more sense. Piper is mm. injured. And like yes. well Jason has had like a concussion technically still. Um <laughs> he still technically has a concussion. <laughs> um so it would have made more sense if it was like a pharmacy of some kind, because then she'd be like, Oh, take like that Medusa scene in um The Lightning Thief, where she's like, yep. Oh, take a moment to sit, eat.
1: Yeah. And I'll kill you. Or like Cersei. <laughs> Not to or draw Cersei. the super obvious parallel, but the way that Cersei's handled in Sea of Monsters, I would like it to be a little bit more like that. Not exactly the same for obvious reasons, but I don't know. I agree. I
0: agree. Yes. It's, uh, that that would have been cool. Um, but we can only hope someone who is listening who writes fanfiction can do it justice. <laughs> true, true. Someone write a Percy Jackson fan fiction solely focused on Medea, and just like redeem the hell out of her. Um, because we need some more badass queens. <laughs> um that that's all I've got to say about Medea now. Just like she should have been cool. Like she could still technically be evil, but like in like the maleficent sort of like movie way where like she's yeah. like misunderstood sort of situation. That would have been cool. <laughs> uh leo is next up with these chapters overview i will i i will read this one now so i don't um so i can make sure that i'm aware of spelling mistakes as i read them out and i will out myself with spelling mistakes if there are any which there probably are but yeah so this is leo's chapters overview i just realized there are so many chapters in this my gosh um guilt racks leo over being manipulated so easily by medea And his not kind thoughts that follow aren't much help either. That is not a good flowing sentence, Fran. You are meant to be a writer. Jesus Christ. (laughs) The group must plan where to go. And even though the Bay Area meant death, that's the one direction they've got, as well as the fact that that's where the wind god is. So they don't really have much choice. As Leo takes a nap, he meets his father, who offers, finally, some valuable information on the gods and their history. Then, like most things, Leo wakes falling out of the sky again. But this time, things don't end well for Festus, the happy dragon. I still find it funny that his name is the happy dragon. But that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was the thing when I was reading this book. And I was like, oh yeah, the <laughs> happy dragon. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> um. So quite a few things like, there's more that happens, I feel, in Leo's chapters in this than, like, s- some of the things that I've seen in Leo's previous chapters. Like, we gain some, like, r- really important information in this chapter. Like, we lo- this is the first time we get the name Gaia as well, I think, in this whole mm. book, where um, Hephaestus is, like, basically giving the family history of the gods, of, like, who they're descended from, who the Titans are descended from, the giants, and all these sort of things. I think, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we see Gaia's name like used fully by someone and it took me a okay. second because there is a scene where Hephaestus says like I'm pretty sure I told you who and I was like wait did he so I literally <laughs> went back myself and was like oh yeah Gaia he did mm-hmm. he did help <laughs> mm-hmm. just I was I even I was too dumb to even notice that he did technically give the information just not that very well sort of shown because gods um, mm. but it was yeah there's kind of some really interesting moments in this as well, um, as well as some things that I don't... How do you... I want to ask this first before I go into some things. How do you both feel about Leo as a character? Whoa. Okay, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> it's more because I really don't like him. And I want to make sure I'm not going to offend anyone by my like outright dislike of Leo. I'm
2: softening up. I'm softening up a lot on Leo in um mark of athena going into house of hades um i think that he's like maturing a lot and um you know whatever that means coming from his perspective and the way he talks about people but like it's it's hard to read some of the stuff that it's just annoyingly hard to read some of what's written in his pov like i don't know if this is just how we like want to to assume like some like teenagers are teenage boys are and like the way that they think about everything and women but Uh it gets tiring um but also i do i think that you know it's a lot of compensation he is like drastically insecure and he has a lot of guilt um, and he went through a lot as a kid and i think he you know masks that with a lot of like trying to be funny and yeah yeah. um but overall no he's not my favorite (laughs) okay okay
1: he feels like a real person that i would know but also one that i would not be friends with totally
2: Um, totally totally i completely agree
1: yeah so
2: in that way maybe he's written really well because he feels really (laughs) tangible like i could i could reach out i mean like he feels
1: real but then also 50 percent, he feels like a like like a shonen anime protagonist um
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's such a good like description that like the moment he said that i was like yes mm. <laughs> that is the best description i've ever heard of leo's character yeah. <laughs> um okay that's i i always want to double check because like i've been called out sometimes by speaking with one fan i was just like oh you know what leo, leo is like my least favorite and i kind of said some things that i didn't like and they're like oh yeah i i love leo and i don't want to talk to you anymore and i was like oh right okay well shit leo is hard because for specific people let's
2: be clear like
1: he's a fan favorite but in a like fan servicey kind of yeah no shade to anyone who does enjoy leo but like a little bit of shade in the way we're like we're all we're all in community together we're all rooting for each other but like just as when we talk about Jason it's, or not Jason, when we talk about Luke as an invitation to ourselves to like check on some things, I think Leo fandom is also an yes. invitation to check on some things you know, I, we're all that growing great
2: together
0: way of, great <laughs> way of putting that Carter, I yes, approved I approved of that as well um, but yeah, no, actually just saying that the fan service aspect of it, it's like the people who think like Percy and Jason are like bros and like good friends and like where? Like where have they ever appeared to be fret like they don't like each other they've not had a meaningful conversation stop grover grover exists people thank you um okay i'm glad to just get that checked because um i have some feelings <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and the main one admittedly, this isn't like the biggest thing but um i've talked about some things like previously about leo sort of mildly misogynistic sort of depictions and descriptions of women the thing mm. that kind of that brings up in this chap- these chapters in particular is like he keeps calling pipe a beauty queen and she keeps mentioning at least once or twice that i've seen that she doesn't want him to call her that and he continues to call her that mm. throughout the entire series and like even calling her pipes, and when she says no, don't call me that, and he k- kind of makes a joke about the situation of like, oh, you don't like any of the names I make for you, and I'm like, well, yeah, just call her by her name, like, <laughs> just like if she doesn't want a nickname, call her by her name. And I know it's like a thing, and I know I've had people give me nicknames and stuff, but it just gives like another thing for me to his character of someone who doesn't respect other people's like clearly stated boundaries. Um, and just kind of is not like do does what he wants because, you know, that's what he enjoys. I just, I don't really enjoy that about his character. Like there are some times where he kind of takes things a bit too far, which like is his neurodivergent thing um, as well with his ADHD and dyslexia. And like, I'm the same with some cases, but there are some points where I feel like it goes beyond the point where it you kind of can't justify it with the fact that he is neurodivergent because he does take things way too far in some cases as well. Um, and yeah, so this was just one moment in this, small, in this section where I was just like, oh, this is just another sign that I just, Leo, please, I'm trying, I want to like you. Can he you... please help me like you. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah. like, I think he's been quite nice in these chapters. It's only that one moment, I think, with Piper and a few things with his dad was kind of like, come on now, <laughs> that I feel were a few things. But, um, what about... You guys with leo in this chapter not necessarily like yes this is what we just like about him but like anything about this chapter in general that you feel kind of stood out to you about leo in particular
2: i love that we get some hephaestus and hephaestus child action like this is the first time we're getting hephaestus talking to one of his kids which is kind of cool because he doesn't appear too much you know and when he does mm. he's very guarded And I think he's a cool character, so I like that we get to see more of him through Leo's eyes.
0: Definitely, Hephaestus is like one of the coolest characters. I feel, even though he doesn't appear too much, like he's just the one that I relate to the most from the gods because he's kind of like, yeah, no, I'm here, I'm doing my thing. He's a
2: petty, sneaky little bitch. He (laughs) like acts like he doesn't care about anything, but he's clearly spends most of his eternity like plotting ways to like. Vis- like publicly embarrass his wife <laughs> um, and Aries which I
0: love yeah that's all that's why i think he's my favorite cuz i'm just like the fact that he, he he pulls pranks on people because he can i'm just like you know what i respect this <laughs> He's okay. also clearly he's secretly
2: running like everything. Like he is in charge of like the television system on Olympus. He probably is running around all the time fixing things for everyone. Like he probably has the infrastructure down like um he's he's the secret secret hero. Yeah.
1: He is also like one of the only Olympians who's like w- how do I like like been through something like who has suffered, suffered. in a meaningful way? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know i I don't want to say we like that but like you you know
0: like i like someone who's got character and yes yes he has respect. yeah yeah no i think that's a good thing about his character as well it makes me wonder like you know when like annabeth is obviously redesigning like olympus and stuff do you think like Hephaestus like interacted with her because he would have been like installing some things into like the the builds as well for for cool gadgets and stuff for the gods yeah i just picture that in my head and like that would actually be really quite nice i kind of wish that happens now yeah. i don't really get it but that'd be lovely
2: i like to headcanon assume that the athena kids and the hephaestus kids like do group projects together a lot and like the athena yeah. kids hate working with them but they inevitably have to
0: yeah yeah <laughs> it's like we don't want to rely on anyone but also can you show me how you did that (laughs) like
2: can you tinker with this thing for me yeah do you want to weld this thing i designed
0: (laughs) yeah i can put your name on it yeah in like small little lettering
2: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) oh my gosh i can see it now that's that's good headcanon i'm gonna headcanon that robert if you're listening because you should be um make this into one of the memes please (laughs) (laughs) thank you love you um (laughs) um but to move on kind of into the last chapters of uh this section for uh jason for his part two chapters um which are 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 these yeah these are the only ones that we have king midas in i didn't realize they were only in it for two chapters i thought they were in it like a much bigger section than i realized but no it's literally these two chapters um would any of you be interested in reading this or shall i go through
2: yeah sure So, these are the Midas chapters. Um, The demigods, once they touch down in Nebraska, they make their way into this dangerous house, mansion thing. Um, After Jason apologizes, um, uh, they wake up uh, angry and confused Coach Hedge. The heroes meet the owner of the house. Um, Coach Hedge is very weird and being annoying and um, a burden, as usual. Um, (laughs) After they calm him down and kind of leave him outside... We get to know uh, Midas and his son, the quote-unquote reaper of men, Lit. I don't want to try and pronounce his full name. Um, Apparently, they bankroll the demigod's enemy because, of course, Midas, gold. um, And they make gold statues out of, you know, demigods and whoever is trying to stop them. Um, Hedge is outside, unfortunately, so he can't come to the rescue. So the trio faces down Midas and Piper. Oh, the trio faces down Midas, uh, Piper and Leo turn gold very quickly so that it becomes just up to Jason. This is one of our solo Jason fight moments, honestly. Um to save the day with the skill of his roman um undercover powers that he doesn't remember how he got um and his lightning bolt energy. He outsmarts and outdoes the villains and finally with Hedge's help um everyone can escape
0: yes um i realized oh that was there was way too many mistakes in this section in comparison so thank think i'm i hope i'm glad it made sense to some i realized the John, jason apologies bit is where jason apologizes for the things that he said to leo under medea's powers um uh, oh yeah i forgot yeah, about yeah. that, that was i was awkward. glad about that that was um that was kind of the one thing that i picked up on it because like we have this moment previously of leo's pov where he mentions about the things that he said about jason to jason he did feel a little bit himself and it's just made me wonder do, Is jason's apology sort of like real because we know he's felt this before because like his first two chapters he says if leo is my best friend my life must be fucked up basically um <laughs> which is like that's the worst possible thing i think <sighs> i've ever heard anyone say and Uh... yeah so clearly he must feel these things to some level because like medea didn't coerce them to say these specific things they came out of them on their own so he must kind of feel them a a little bit underneath but um what do you guys think about that do you feel like the apology was sort of genuine or there was something kind of behind all that where he did feel it a little bit
2: I don't remember this moment well enough, to be honest.
1: (laughs) I feel like it can be both. Like, I think that Jason is feeling apologetic, but it's not like the original feelings that are behind all of this have totally dissipated. Mm. But also, I don't know, like, (laughs) I feel like with most people apologizing is not insubstantially performative. And it probably is kind of that way in this context, just based on what we know about Jason also as someone who is sort of, a weird relationship to his own, um, emotions. I- yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's fair. He's also a little bit judgmental, I feel, so that kind of- This- okay, this just came to my head. His apology, in my mind, of how it comes across, feels like, you know, when, like, YouTubers apologize for things- like, the crappy things that they do, and they're clearly not Not David Dobrik! YouTube (laughs) apology?! Whoa! Oh no! Is what I feel like. Just it may be just because I'm biased because I don't like Jason. I'm just assuming he's just like really vindictive. <laughs> but, for me, um, it's,
2: it feels like when you're like your team captain or your teacher or like someone who's in charge of you apologizes for like stepping on your toe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're like they're sorry that they you know stepped on your toe and it hurt, but they're not sorry that they stepped on your toe and it hurt like or like <laughs> they're sorry they're sorry but you know there's more important things to handle right now so let's move on yeah. um, and i'm apologizing because it's the right thing to do but i think jason's been taught to repress his emotions since he was crawling so that's fair. yeah i don't yeah. know what feelings remorse or anything any otherwise feel like to him So
0: yeah that's a good these kids need to be in therapy. I think this is what every time I discuss this, just, yep. I'm just like, Especially the therapy. Camp Jupiter kids. Yeah. Especially. Jesus Christ. Yeah. When we get to Camp Jupiter, my God. I mean, at least at Camp Jupiter, you're less likely to die, but you are definitely more traumatized than like anyone else. Yep. yep. At least you no, can live given... to old age, but it just means that you're living with that trauma until you exactly. at old age.
2: They're given more traumatic survival skills.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's better. Like I remember I got the Camp Jupiter thing in the quiz. I was like, Yeah, yeah, I get to live longer. But now realising I'm like, oh, but I have trauma longer at the same time. Is that a real Live ringer? Fast Die Young? <laughs> live Fast Die Young Camp Half Blood. <laughs> oh, oh now I've got the song in my head like Live Fast Die Young, bad I, uh, girls, do it. girls do it well. <laughs> do it
1: well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god. Oh, what film was that in? That was like a vampire film that it was in at one point what was oh no Is it really yeah there was a vampire film it was based on um a oh, on a book Ah, uh, what was it it had what's her face that was in the thing <laughs> i will remember at some point but it's going to annoy me that i can't remember what it was
2: don't vampires like categorically um live slow
0: die immortally um... <laughs> oh wait hold on i think I... the structure i know are uh, in vampire academy vampire academy that's it it's in that film it's in that film um but yeah that's like it's in the trailer and it's like in a main section of the film and i was like oh my god i remember this now sorry that was maybe <laughs> came to my head i was like now i want to re-watch that movie <laughs> um Never seen it. oh my god it's such trash but it's hilariously good trash <laughs> But um the, I think we mentioned this a little bit as well. Like the one good thing that we do see in this chapter as well is that we finally actually get to see Jason be competent with his abilities and like really like win in a battle on his own. Um with like both a mixture of like fighting ability and like tactical strategic moves by getting Midas to basically take out his own son with it. like, oh just help him up a little bit. And it's like, Oh my god, this is that was so yes, well played, <laughs> using what you've learned to your advantage. Um, I think that's going to be one of the only times that I do give Jason props. But um, it's a, it, was, it was really, I, I kind of really liked that moment. The only thing that I think for me personally, is like I would have liked to have known a little bit of like what was different about his Roman style to Lips Greek style. It's like, I feel like we don't really hear or see much about that. We just assume that he's doing a different style. I know it wouldn't be the most interesting but in my head I'm like I just give like a random name or just like kind of describe like the specific movements he's doing because I don't know what Roman and Greek style is I'm just like picturing someone fighting in a toga and the other one fighting in a I don't know what Greeks war. nothing probably <laughs> <laughs> also togas do they? oh okay one I don't know I don't
1: they're know. like a little different but I don't know what exactly the differences are yeah. it's not that important i don't think <laughs> no,
0: i'm thinking way too much and this is how nitpicky my ass gets is that i'm just like yeah no describe the details of how roman fighting is different to greek give me it <laughs> for reasons unbeknown but apparently it's something in my mind I was like yes i would like to know this please <laughs> um but i guess to kind of get into the more interesting detail stuff um and to the focus points as I call them. Um, What do you guys think about Medea as a character in this section in particular? And even just kind of as a whole, I know we talked about this a little bit, but I'd love to kind of know more of you guys' thoughts on her character, and maybe even a little bit about the mythology behind her as well.
1: I mean, mythologically, one of the, like, just top tier, one of the most interesting, fascinating characters that is such a I don't know like microcosm for all of the for like about half of the ways that like classical sexism operates Mm -hmm. like so rich and interesting yet told so sexistly so often
2: but one of the great great characters to reclaim um, as an icon um, she killed her children and her like wait did she end up killing Jason? I don't think she kills Jason she kills his wife she commits infanticide and kills his new wife and like Mm -hmm. She was quote unquote, you know, made crazy unquote unquote by um, Aphrodite, right, or someone? Yeah, yeah. Was Aphrodite was trying yeah. to favor
1: Jason, so she forced yeah, Medea so to become was... a powerful ally.
2: Yeah, which I always feel like gaslights me as like a consumer of mythology, like, oh, it was the goddess who made them feel this way. Oh, like she, just, <laughs> you know, had these feelings and done this. Um, but I don't know, like, great opportunity to rewrite her character and we didn't so that was you know unfortunate but there are other fantastic retellings of the Medea story we talked about some of those when we did our episode I think those are still in our like show notes from our Lost Hero episode on this but
0: Mm. yeah Yeah. I definitely agree with like it's kind of disappointing that her story kind of stays really similar although I know that she mentions in this bit that her killing her own children was apparently not true from her perspective like she didn't she only yeah. killed the wife so now it's funny like, it interesting girl boss. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so i'm kind of like when that happened i was like oh so maybe she didn't but then we've got piper saying oh she did and i'm like okay but who do i believe now because like we've just also found out that king midas's story was different because he didn't learn his lesson as like kids are taught about king midas he still sucks
2: Like, remember what we were talking about, or Carter and I, we were talking about with, like, the Cruella movie. Like, if she's going to be a villain, like, let her be a villain. If Medea, if you're going to put her in this book to be a villain, don't have her backtrack on her most remarkable villainous acts. Like, if you want her to be evil, let her be full-blown, unapologetically, horrifyingly evil.
1: (laughs) But also, like, I don't know if... I I would not even personally use the word evil for this. Just because, like, not because infanticide is a good thing, obviously, but just... (laughs) I... I, uh... I really feel like with this character, like there's so many, like if you just want to write a character who is a woman who has a more healthy relationship with men and with romantic love and, you know, in balancing the different aspects of her life and the way that she chooses to seek agency, there are lots of ways to do that that don't involve dragging up a class or a character from, you know, um, antiquity and trying to say that that character was different all along. Like, I, we could just write good female characters now, but if you're going to talk about Medea, I think the useful way to do that is to just say, this is a story, this is the way it has always been. We're not just going to like pretend that large aspects of it were wrong. That to me is just such an unsatisfying way of handling it. Not even just mm-hmm. like, you can write a version of it in which Medea is still, has more agency, is more a victim. Like all of these things can be true, yeah. was manipulated, has a reason for doing the things that she's doing, maybe was not contextualized properly, but, like, I think to just, like, say, oh, like, one of the most central elements of the story is just not true, and that's why we should like her now it feels stupid, especially because we don't even like her. Like, this, it's just, it, like, the payoff is not even there.
0: Yeah. The payoff is her <laughs> dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on now. Yep. Yeah. I think that's, and especially bringing in the koala situation, like, this, I feel like this does happen with some of, like, the the gods in particular as well like Poseidon is I know everyone makes those jokes about like Zeus like Zeus will like (laughs) fuck anything that moves but Poseidon is technically that personified Poseidon was the worst God in mythology in comparison with the amount Mm -hmm. of deeds well misdeeds he did in mythology but in the books He's like, the best dad. He's the cool guy. I'm like, no, he's a dick. (laughs) um, I feel this is definitely something that the books do a lot with characters that definitely shouldn't be shown in a good light. Mm. But then they decide to, and I'm like, was that the right decision I'm going to go with? No. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I think Medea is definitely one of those cases, like you guys mentioned. It would have been cooler if she literally just admitted, like, yeah, I killed them. I was pissed (laughs) just straight up like I was mad and Piper
2: like be careful because if you follow down this road like if you go down with Jason like you don't know what you're gonna do like (laughs) or alternatively (laughs) she's like
1: I really regret this this is the great shame of my life Piper let me tell you about men and the ways of the world you know like Like, I feel there's just so many other angles my
2: warning yep (sighs) Mm. yeah this That said, I do
1: still feel like the Medea chapter is one of the best and most interesting oh, yeah. um, in the book.
0: I completely agree. Yeah. One of my favorite moments in this entire book. Literally, yeah. I think thus far from what, because I don't actually remember anything about The last Hero. So as I'm reading, I'm like, oh yeah, this happened. Okay. And then this is the first time I was like, oh yeah, this happened. Oh, this is good. <laughs> this is the first time I had like a positive reaction to a section, even though most people listening may not be able- I'm sure of that because i do talk very negatively all the time but it was it is a it was really a cool section. section it was a cool section loved some stuff
1: on the floor but still loved still cool yeah, good
0: <laughs> writing fun love these books it was like one of those hurdles sort of situation like someone was running hurdles they knocked over two but they did the rest really well this is basically the Medea section like two hurdles knocked over that's fine you still finish the race it's just a few two like penalty sort of situation it's all good room for improvement but it's still good <laughs> sort of uh scenario i'll stop talking um <laughs> so, um you see other character in the situation especially bringing up um piper in relation to medea like i know this is more kind of me personally putting it out but piper is seriously the the star of this book and it does make me really sad that every time she gets this moment there's always something to bring jason back into the conversation i'm like please leave this plank of wood in the background so you can have a moment god
1: mm. <sighs> yeah it's, it's very frustrating it's yeah the uh, to be perfectly honest when we did our episode about this for the first time we sought out somebody who was a piperson because we both remembered not really vibing with the character i you know no it, it, the the perspective is really different when you're younger than this person and you're like god why can't this person do better as opposed to being older than the character and being like you know like she's down bad she's going through a rough time she'll struggle she'll, she'll get there she's yeah. on the str- like
0: i love her so Plus, like, much girl's gonna
1: get there it, it's yeah i don't know
0: <laughs> no yeah. i completely i i used to not like piper mainly because of fandom opinion i'm so easily swayed by how the fandom thinks and feels mm. not anymore because like they all hate me so like i'm no longer swayed <laughs> but i used to really not like piper because of what people used to say about piper and now reading this back and like especially with Charles of apollo as well she's like why does no one like piper she's freaking amazing <laughs> like she's the only reason why they have not died thus far in this book she has saved them on so many occasions put some respect on this girl's name for the love of god
2: she just literally in these chapters out charm spoke one of the most powerful witches in all of antiquity like which is a little
1: irritating i wish medea had been more powerful but that's
2: (laughs) but also like and then sometimes her charm doesn't work in the future the charm speak rules are confusing but she's very powerful yeah
0: for real I love her so much
1: piper feels to me like her. someone i could i would have a lot of difficulty being like same age friends with does this make sense i feel like if i am 22 and piper is 16 i would have a good relationship with her and be like
0: like a mentor sort of figure like you could,
1: you could yeah vibe. like ooh, You'd you're vibe. going through it but it's you know we can get there together whereas like I think if Piper were someone my own age and I heard the thing the way that she talks about Jason I'd be like you know I'm really rooting for you but just for me personally I don't know if I can do this does that make sense <laughs> well, um, at
2: this point at this point in the book Piper does not have female friends like at that's this true point she also Mary, does not have female friends She is moment. like she's a like a guy's girl and she does not have yeah. female friendships that changes when Annabeth and Hazel um get into the <laughs> yeah. picture
0: yeah yeah, I wish the female friendships were actually done better in the books. I feel like they are very intermittent still in the series, but at least they're there. Again, that's the thing. The
1: number one request in my mind for fan fiction is: I just want a brunch for the girls. I want. <laughs> I just Raina's want a long up. discussion about the Talia's evils of men and trauma. Tali is there, Raina's there,
0: Zoe from the grave. Nico
1: makes a special guest appearance, <laughs> but then leaves early. You know, just like. <laughs>
0: I'm so here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The Artemis just pops up at the end and is like, okay, so after this discussion, are you sure you're not interested in Yes. In- the- in- she <laughs> <out her pamphlets. laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but um I just want to hand out some leaflets for you guys. <laughs> yes, yes. Flatfish writers, get on this, please. I-, I don't feel comfortable writing about the heroes of Olympus characters at my age. Please someone else do it. <laughs> i'm too old i'm literally the mom of all the podcasters i'm too old for this as my mom has often told me but um to <laughs> um kind of moving on down to the relationship section especially about like jason and piper as well <laughs> how uh, i guess we kind of talked about this a little bit how do you guys feel currently in this this stage of the lost heroes situation of the The Jason and Piper situation. No,
2: thank you.
1: (laughs) I cannot say that I've been there, but I know people who have been there, and I am rooting for her to get out and have a good life.
0: I think that's fair. She she deserves so much better. I don't get why she likes this piece of bread. Like, this plain, white, untoasted piece of bread. (coughs)
2: Compulsory heterosexuality.
1: (laughs) Oh it does God. feel like one of the situations. Like, you know, if you if you were looking for a way to to try and make it work to project. <laughs> you know, like they, they told these these stories in the in olden days about how, you know, if you're if you're on the fence, if you have some questions, you know, you really try to make it work with who the media and the press tell you is the most viable option. And Jason, in a lot of ways on paper, is, you know, like By that, I mean that he's, like, tall and white and emotionally unavailable. But, like, you know, like, on paper, checks the boxes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We
2: watched not one but two Timothy Chalamet movies last night.
1: (laughs) Those are not the same thing. I will not allow those to be the same thing. He is a Lucas Hedges. Let's be clear in the ladybird of this. I don't think he's a Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet is like I don't think Jason is actively toxic. Jason's nothing. And that's that's giving something. Right. Timothy
2: Chalamet is actively toxic. You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> to my mental health. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, at, at least Jason isn't toxic. He's he's so so much of a blank slate. That like there's no there's no room for it because he has no personality to be toxic
1: he's like a toxic presence but it's not really he he's not evil you know like it's yeah, not he's not his evil. fault no, 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 no. and that yeah. like he can be in the world this way he just should not maybe be in relationships this way yes,
0: mm. yes 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 yeah okay that i can agree with um we touched a little bit on this as well but the friendship between this group—I know you guys had some like opinions on this—and and probably stuff that you've mentioned in your podcast. How are you feeling about the friendship between the trio in this in this story, and even in the whole of the Heroes of Olympus series as well? If you want to go beyond this book, because I'm in, I'm intrigued and invested to hear.
2: <laughs> Testament to the fact that they all feel like real people. This trio feels like real people. I feel like. There is no world in which they're friends, <laughs> in like a lasting way, <laughs> or maybe they're friends in a lasting way, but not in like a present. Well, I
1: mean, world. spoiler alert: are they friends in a lasting way? Like, I no, they're, <sighs> not.
0: they're a group project. They're, they're a group. They're project. friends
1: for like a, a year, project. right? Um...
0: <laughs> yeah, they literally. Get along. I forget that *Heroes of Olympus* takes place like in a year. Like, it's over a whole year. I'm like yeah that, that's yeah. like a university level like you have to do a group project for that full year for that course you don't like anyone you're working with or like, they're like
2: roommates you know yeah have this like forced sibling dynamic yeah
1: yeah but i don't feel like that's the way that they're presented Like It makes sense that they would be this way because of both the way that the characters are written as individuals and also because of the shortcut that we have with this whole fake memories thing. But then we don't take the time to be like, oh, because the memories are fake, (laughs) we're going to talk about that or we're going to make real memories instead. Yeah. Yeah,
0: if they made like... Oh, sorry, okay, Karen. No,
2: no, I was gonna, I was gonna say, good old classic Carter. <sighs>
0: <laughs> Honestly, though, that's the best way to describe it. It's kind of, it is very much like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's, it's the whole thing is like they don't build a relationship. Like Leo and Piper thought they were all friends. Jason has no memory of this, and then oh, wait, that was happens. the
1: kicker. Is that Leo and Piper? Wait, I thought okay. Maybe I misread that. I was under the impression that Leo and Piper are actually real life friends, and that's the only real relationship among the seven besides Percy and Annabeth. That is actually real sure and has supposed to be. predates the books. They're they are supposed, supposed to,
0: be. to be. Yeah, because yeah. they were at the wilderness school for months, and the whole thing—the missed memories—would have all been Piper and Leo together. They've just, Jason's just been like surplused into it. So none of the memories with Piper and Leo as friends are real. Just Jason was added into it in their memories. So they have been friends. They just also have yeah. memories of Jason being part of their friendship group. All it just means is they were friends together, but they just ended up as like an imaginary friend <laughs> sort of situation.
2: This is just a hard way to write a book. Like, every time I revisit The Lost Hero, I'm like, Rick made it so hard for himself. This is such a hard way to write a book, to open up with a character that has no memory and all the relationships are fake and, like, we're trying to establish things that have already been established, but they're not real. Like, this is just a hard way of telling a story. (laughs) Like, Peter. He did do
1: it to himself, though. Nobody said, like, maybe the amnesia thing is necessary, but the fake memories is just such a choice yeah. and why to what I, I mean i'm not saying that it was necessarily the wrong choice but like to the extent that it is harder than his difficulty sticking the landing, like he didn't have to do it like there no, are other I'm ways sure he
2: was like why did i do that <laughs> like he probably looks back on it like not my best book um <laughs> but i did it he wrote this darn quickly like frankly if you think about the way he was returning on a book a year like
0: that's insane. you wanted to have
1: that first chapter ready at the end yeah. of the last olympian
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a choice, and that was a bad one, <laughs> in the nicest way possible. It was not the best one. We learn, we live, and we learn. Yeah, like the, I mean, he the idea of releasing a book a year. I'm kind of like, yeah, I made him a lot of money. So admittedly, <laughs> he probably has no regrets in that. I was like, oh, I made him. So it's all good. <laughs> no regrets,
2: Uncle Rick.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, the the idea that the fact that he releases a book a year just gives me like secondhand anxiety of like him trying to chuck out a book get that edited get that re- revised all these sort of things i'm like he must have done this all in like six months like, yes each book that's crazy and that's wild I'm sorry, that's literally <laughs> wild it just like it's so somebody who works in publishing it just the idea stresses me out as literally i worked out the timeline and it must have been like each book took a total of six months to have written edited revised edited and sent off for final work and i'm like that's that stressing like in a ball that wants to destroy me um it's on so many levels i give him props but also calm calm is good yeah (laughs) (laughs) i feel like he has no calm like he's he's gone one year without an extra book this year is the first year he hasn't published a is it yeah this is the first year he hasn't published a book
1: but he's he's dropping one
0: yeah, he's dropping a new book. I think it's, is it next year that it's publishing or is it this year? I can't
1: remember. I don't know. It's coming. I mean, we know it's the coming. title I mean, already, we have right? The, we
0: have
2: the cover, don't we?
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If it's publishing this year, then literally he has not gone a single year since 2008. Is it 2008? When was the first book? It was 2008, the first book, wasn't it?
1: 2005. Or 2005. Okay, Lightning yeah.
0: If that's, um, if that's the case that it's dropping this year, then he hasn't gone a single... It, it's publishing this year. Oh my God. Okay, he has not gone a single year since 2005 without publishing a book. And at the same time, he was publishing the Kane Chronicles. So he was publishing The Lost Hero in the first King Chronicles book in the same year. The year after, yeah. the second King Chronicles book and yeah. the second... got to like reread like...
2: those.
0: Yeah. Oh, you can come. Uh, this that book, the next King Chronicle, the first King Chronicles book is after this one in the timeline. So you can come on my podcast to talk about them if you want to, if you want to reason. So, you too, Carter, as well. Sorry, I just spoke directly to <laughs> 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 Um But just a random side tangent for the King Chronicles. The relationships and the friendships built in King Chronicles is what should have happened in Heroes of Olympus. The friendships were done so much better. And they even did the fake memories better in the Cain Chronicles than they did in Heroes of Olympus, which was like integral to the story. Um, it's in Wait, the second book. Fake uh Zia Rashid. Oh, it's um, Zia. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I remember that. Okay.
0: I think it's Rashid, isn't it? Maybe not. It's been a while. <laughs> I only
2: read um, the first one.
0: Um... But yeah, so that they, he managed to do the fake memories right in the King Chronicles. books um, are pretty
1: tight, like
0: yeah, they were so good. Like, <laughs> I'm considering that book came out first. Like, the King Chronicles came out before Heroes of Olympus, the first book at least. And he did the POVs so much better than that. He did the relationships so much better than that. I'm mm. like, how how did you manage to do the same kind of thing and then do it really really wrong in the other kind as well? Um, I think
1: Lost Hero was a more ambitious project in that yeah. he really was trying to dump three large looming plot conflicts, but just in an exposition and not actually deliver that much on any of them in the course of this one book. Whereas, yeah. you know, Cross, like, the scope was just better. I, yeah. Which is not to say that I don't enjoy the later books in Heroes of Olympus because. Anyway,
0: I'm going to stop. So <laughs> <laughs> no, good. This is, this is me. This is me all the time. I'm just like, I always talk about the future books and then I go on a tangent and I'm like, no, I'm meant to be talking about this book that I forgot and I'm meant to be talking about. But um, <laughs> I think we kind of talked about most of these stuff um, previously, unless you guys have any kind of final things on King Midas in terms of the mythology aspect sort of situations. I did mention, I think he was a bit sexist, but... Um, that was that was the only thing I kind of already had. I was like, "Why is he talking about the fact that his daughter talks too much? Stop that! Get some help." Um, <laughs> like, that's not necessary to, talk to the story.
1: Uh, uh. <laughs> King Midas is, I think, I okay. I feel like this is a half interesting revision of his character in that it is classically supposed to be a story about knowing your place and not being greedy, right? Which is very. Um, I don't know I have I mostly dislike that I think as a as a (laughs) way of reinforcing capitalist order um but I don't know the the, the way that they write him now is that he did not learn his lesson but that's presented I don't I would also sort of like to see a King Midas that's more like I don't know i feel like it is one of those stories that could be interesting but the way that it is retold is always just about um i don't know where i'm going with this i really lost myself i think that there's a value in showing um this sort of you know like <laughs> the fact that he like has opinions and he sticks to them and he just like wants things in life is not necessarily being bad things When I, mean, I feel like we haven't had that story but also have not had a story about like I don't know, I don't think it really works on the level of like a warning about consumerism either to me. It just feels a little bit hollow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the whole thing, that's why I could like, when I read the Midas story, I'm like, it fits really well to like the connecting thread from the Medea story, but also at the same time I'm kind of like, but, but, but why? Like why is this story here? Like it just feels like really random. Yes, if you wanted to talk more about mortals coming back from
2: the doors of death, we could have just had four more chapters about Medea and cut (laughs) the Midas moment and just let us dive a little bit more into Medea.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, like, the only thing that he does is just it reinforces the fact that, oh, yeah, lots more mortals are coming back in Gaia's pocket. Alright, like, we don't. We we've already been told this. We already know that monsters are like not dying. Monsters are coming back. We don't need to be told again. <laughs> like,
1: Maybe Rick has to fulfill his um homeland quota, heartland <laughs> quota rather. Um, like he, you know, when Why Why else would we be in Omaha, Nebraska? <laughs> I guess just for this. Um, yeah. why is King Midas in Omaha, Nebraska?
2: Makes
0: sense to me.
1: Honestly.
2: Yeah. So
0: I think even from. he seemed to be confused as well. Like he didn't seem to get it either. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like guess Gaia. he got like a place based visa uh, <laughs> from Gaia <laughs> when Who he came back from the dead.
2: Fields of rice, <laughs> rice paddy fields, soybean fields. That's what it is. It's, it's full of soybean fields. I
0: would say go. this is Boring. just a general question that I've got for you both because I've only been to like like <laughs> the the Americas once. Um and I nearly died. So it's not like a great trip. But like <laughs> um no. but is it like a is it like an actual thing where like certain states and areas have the name of their state and like the town on like a billboard? Because Piper just says the reason she knows they're in Oklahoma. But no, is it where is it that they are? Is it Oklahoma? Was I right? Nebraska Nebraska. Nebraska, oh Jesus Christ. Um, okay, so Nebraska. And she knew that because she saw it on a billboard. Is yes. that the like real thing?
2: Yes. yes. If you are driving through the continental United States, um, where we are not from, if you're driving oh, through the continental crap. United Sorry. States- We don't
1: have these here. Yeah, Do to be be just, clear. Just
2: claiming, I'm just claiming distance. And like, I also experienced this <laughs> as an outsider. If you are driving on a big old highway and you hit, you know, the imaginary borderline, there will be a sign that says, welcome to, and then like a little slogan and some cute art probably for that town. Yeah, not yet for the, for the state.
0: Yeah, sorry. I remember the, like Michigan, and then I remember Hawaii, and then like I was like, okay, so I know Michigan in some areas, and so maybe maybe they'll know. And then, Carter, I realised I don't actually know much about you, so this doesn't really help. Me. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Come on Discord more, so I can learn and ask questions. <laughs> damn it! Truly, truly. <laughs> maybe I should just like at you more, just like for the sake, just, like, Carter, Carter. Carter. it won't it carter. won't help it
2: really won't help. trust me someone who's been left on red for by carter for 10 years um it's not gonna help
1: fly to text messages yeah within hours later like yeah within two business days i feel like um. <laughs> i
0: hate i hate <laughs> um okay so Okay, that's, or at least that's something, that does seem very American in the nicest way to my American <laughs> listeners. Like, we don't have, we have like occasionally like small little signs, but it's more just for like like map purposes. Like, just you know to show say. Where you States' are. rights. States' <laughs> rights. States' pride. Yeah, it just, <sighs> okay. Um, so, final thoughts on uh, the section of the sorceress and is it called The King? I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, The Sorceress and the Gold King. I forgot what this segment was called. Yeah, final thoughts. <laughs>
2: I think that we have communicated um, in detail um, from many
0: angles our thoughts on this um, truly exhausting novel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is the mood. Like I've had a few guests for this book, and I feel like at the end of every one of them, we've both seemed really exhausted just talking about it. It just feels really draining, even talking. It's fun ripping it apart, but you feel tired <laughs> afterwards. Um, but um, for everyone listening, of course, um, you all know the drill for this situation, and that is the question of the episode, which most people only engage with that please listen to the episode or tell people to listen to the episode if they want to answer the question because most people don't get the context and I've had many angry messages I'm like just listen to the podcast and then they tell me they don't listen to podcasts tell people to listen to podcasts (laughs) (laughs) I've had way too many comments like that I'm like it's for a podcast my page is a podcast page like why are you following me if you don't listen to podcasts it's true it's true oh my god it's so stressful but um yeah so this week's question of the episode going up on the social medias is um well from this entire discussion you know that a lot happens in this section it is a hundred something pages but also at the same time like kind of not much happens so i want to know if you could cut out either the medea king midas or any other part from in this section what would you cut and why um (laughs) erica and Carter, thank you so much for coming in i'm sorry that this is like the most draining part of the book because it's so long (laughs) we've really should have (laughs) checked i should have checked before saying yeah let's do this one and then realizing on the day that it's a hundred (laughs) pages But that's um... what
2: we regularly do like 100 pages on our episodes it's totally okay
0: okay that's good this is like a rarity for me so i'm kind of like wow this was a lot <laughs> but um yeah let everyone know where they can find you both your podcast and all that good stuff and obviously for everyone listening everything they say will be in the episode show notes so support them because you should this is a demand not a request
2: uh. <laughs> we are at seaweed brain podcast on instagram seaweed brain pod on twitter you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts um and catch up before we start house of hades or i guess Woo! we'll be on house of hades when this episode comes out so come visit us
0: yes. <laughs> um and for everyone listening this is obviously going to be the long outro so um, you can leave now if you want to and don't want to listen to this end bit. Thank you all for joining us for this story segment. Be sure to join me. And I think I have a guest next week as well. I never remember. I should probably look at my schedule before I do this. Um, and next Wednesday, um, as we continue the Rawdonverse journey. To argument you can find my podcasts, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audioboom, Stitcher, Deezer and wherever you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, between the episodes, you can find The Best Damn camp on various social media, our Best Damn Camp pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts and be kind, you can email thebestdamnkemp at hotmail.com or you can become a podcast patron over at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for early access <laughs> and like exclusive books. Erica is dancing and I think this is the best thing because it feels like I'm a rock star um want more percy jackson content check me out on youtube at a healthy dose of fran and if you want to support my own writing career drop me a follow at a dose of fran on instagram twitter and tiktok because i have a new publication coming out this october and books coming out next year but i will update later um (laughs) again thank you all for tuning in and to erica and carter for joining this episode Thank you so much. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thank As you. As always, I've been Fran, your own Hunter. I'll see. Should I speak to you next time? So long, my friends. Thank you.